Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You know, I saw that, uh, is that a little, uh, uh, I'm not having a, Dylan? Yeah, that's Bobby Dylan, baby. Summer days on this nice, warm, You know, it's warmer than they thought. It's like six above. Hey, that's true. And tomorrow, I think we're supposed to skyrocket to 13. Yeah, and then that snow comes and it goes, like, New Year's Eve is like 13 below. I know. You know, so uh, for those of you out in Merriment, you know, I've spent a lot of time, uh, going down to Florida over New Year's Eve because New Year's Eve you go to Fort Myers Beach and you're sitting out on the beach and the, the bars are open and you, you you light these little, you know, like things that go up in the air. Those, those you, We put a fire like in the lantern. Kind yeah, of the deal? lanterns that All go right. up and everyone's doing it and it's like, you know, 70 degrees. You know, New Year's oh. Eve is a great holiday when you're not f- fearing for your life if you leave your house. Right. You know, <laughs> it, that's why up here I've never enjoyed the holiday. I just stay home because it's 13 below. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like not worth it. So, uh you know, it is funny. People get on me and they say, geez, Korzanowski, you should be happy the Wolves are 21 and 13. Uh, you know, I haven't been eight games over 500 since 2004. And, you know, and they've beaten up a lot of crappy teams, much to their credit. The, the Wolves haven't proven enough to me one way or the other to be uh, overly picky about who you beat. And then, you know, they've lost twice to Phoenix and they've lost to Orlando. You know, and they lost to Memphis, which no guys. I mean, they've lost to some bad teams, they too. They didn't lose to Orlando. They Probably should have the way they played in that fourth Didn't quarter. Didn't they lose they, to Orlando? No, Not the, Orlando. Orlando was the game where they had the big lead in the the, the fourth quarter. Oh, was just that's a disaster, right. Did, but they, they still who, ended up winning. Yeah, they were up by like thirty at the start. Yeah. Of the fourth. You think it's yeah. Phoenix? Didn't they lose? Well, to they Phoenix? lost twice to Phoenix. They lost oh. twice to Phoenix. Oh. Yeah. yeah, they lost to Memphis at Memphis. Probably Memphis the had... two. Probably the the two losses to Phoenix were probably the two worst games. That, the two worst losses that yes. they've had so far. And yeah. you know, and so, but but they've been taking care of business lately in the fourth quarter, and people said, well. You know, the game was close with the well. That's the NBA, folks. I mean, it's not very often you're blowing somebody out in the NBA. It doesn't happen very much. Uh, it just doesn't. I mean, the NBA from top to bottom is competitive, and that's why I love watching it. But, but the, I'm disappointed in Tibbs for a couple things. One, like I've already gone over the fact that I don't like the way he constructed the roster after he got Jimmy Butler. And just as somebody who watches from the outside, and I could be wrong, and I hope I am. It doesn't seem one that that he's getting he's building his team around towns, and and to me, you know, he's the team is basically right now built around Taj Butler and Crawford, and, and that's why this team's gone on the winning streak. And t- Towns is playing fine. I mean, Towns kind of gets what's there for him, and they go to him some, and they go to him a little bit more. But but Wiggins really isn't involved in the offense, and maybe that's a good thing. And when this team is playing well now, it's Crawford comes on the court and is playing out of his mind at 37 years. The guy's amazing. I mean, 
that you're that old. But and, isn't, isn't Butler their best player? Butler is their best player. And it's not even close. It's not even close. But but to me, you know, to me, you've got, in other words, you can have, to me, I would focus on Towns. And I'm not saying you don't let Jimmy Butler be Jimmy Butler in fourth quarters. You do, because he's that good. But I just don't, I just don't see this team, you know, when, when they're winning games, it's basically Taj, Butler, and Crawford. You know, and I'd, I'd like to see it be a little bit more, you know, even though I'm down on Wiggins, I think you've got to try to work at making him an effective player, and I don't see that happening. Well, I, they, the, the problem that they have is that because they don't they don't play fast, and I think that is where, well, Wiggins, that, that, that is where Wiggins has really suffered, especially in the last five five weeks or so, is that because they play at such a slow pace that he just doesn't, He's just that, and and unfortunately, that's just kind of how he is. That's how he was at Kansas, where there would be times where he's just not as engaged offensively as you need him to be. And it's he's one of those guys where you need to play in more of an up tempo pace, and then he's just he just gets the ball and goes, and he's not watching Jimmy Butler with the ball a lot in his hands, and watching Jeff Teague with the ball a lot in his hands, and watching them trying to get Towns on the low block. He just sort of drifts off, and he needs to be playing in a system that is going to maximize what he can do when that's playing an up-tempo style and getting the ball, driving to the basket, drawing fouls, and right now it's just not right. It's and, not working for him. And so to me, you know, that's part of what Tibbs' job is. And I also think, by the way, even in the half court, the, the only plays, the only the only plays that Wiggins ever gets is they post him up sometimes and he's become worse at that for some reason. He he was very good. Flip worked on him a lot his first year. Uh he's not nearly as good as he was at it, but I still like him posting up. And where he's really good, and they never do it, is get him cutting to the basket and and throw him the ball on the move. And when he gets the ball on the move, he's devastating. And you almost never see— That spin move, me and Derek James have been talking about that. You almost never see them do that. That spin move is unguardable that he he has. It's unguardable. But you got to get him the ball on the move. You can't have him taking guys off the dribble because he's not a very good dribbler. So, But if you get him moving, and he's coming like from the wing into the paint, and you hit him about the free throw line on the move— He's devastating. He's one of the best in the league. And you can do that more if you pick up the pace more. Yes. And but you know, they, when, but Tibbs won't Tibbs won't do that. And you know, it is funny though, when Tyus is in the game, they pick up the pace. Because yep. that's this yeah. look, this is how Teague plays. Okay. It, it's not a beautiful basketball, but he's good at it. I mean, almost no turnovers. They have high offensive efficiency. He hits a lot of shots. But but Teague plays very slowly. You know, Ricky played fast, Tyus plays fast, Teague doesn't, and even when Tibbs likes to play slow, but there's another element to the game that that I've harped on a lot. Is Tibbs working with these players to help these players get better? And and I just harken back, and I mentioned it dozens of times, when Sam sat down with Britt Robson two years ago, and I'm sure Britt's going to sit down with Tibbs in January. He always sits down with the coach and does a big article. Sam talked a lot about the the work he was doing with Levine and Wiggins, young guys. And you saw Levine get a lot better. And you even saw from year one to year two. Now year one was flip. Year two was 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 uh, Sam. That that's where Wiggins made some good improvement. And since then he hasn't. And and I get the sense that Tibbs is all X's and O's. That sometimes you got to sit down and work on player development, even in the NBA. Now the players got to do that themselves. Mm-hmm. But but you there's you still can do it, especially when you have young players. People just assume that because a player is young, when he gets older, he's going to get better. Well, guess what? You're not going to get better if you don't work on your game and change something, okay? I'm missing a lot of my shots. Why is that? Well, maybe you have a hitch in your shot and you could fix it. 
you know, things like that. You Ricky worked on a shot, but he never got any better at it because he never changed his shot. I, mean, I, I will never forget this quote, and it was, uh, I think it resonates with every single sport. It was Joe Torre back in 98, 99, 2000, somewhere in there. And remember, Joe Torre was a failed manager with the Atlanta Braves. Yep. Got his second chance with the Yankees, or maybe it was the Cardinals. I forget which. Cardinals, but he basically, yeah. he basically Yankees, said, yeah. he basically said, it's my job, and it's every coach or manager's job to adapt. Because if mm-hmm. I can't get my message to that particular player, then I'm useless. And I'll never forget that quote. And I'll tell you, when you read the Cheryl Reeve, when she went to the players and said, you know, how do you feel about Philando Castile? What do you want to do? And she organized it and let them express themselves in a way that they then they, there was a bond that she formed. I think she probably formed it long before that with, sure. with Lindsay. And, but it enhanced that it, bond, it, it's yes. That, 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 and, and, you know, that's part of coaching, too. I think Zimmer, you know, last year, Zimmer's got that bond, especially with his defense, right? I mean, and last year it, it, it fell apart at the end of the year, right? We all remember that, what mm-hmm. happened in Green Bay. It can happen. Just like a good marriage, you can have a bad, you know, you can have a falling out. But 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 that defense trusts Zimmer now, right? Mm-hmm. They trust. There is a tr- whole trust on that Vikings defense where they know Zimmer's got them. They trust what he – if he says do this – Harrison Smith talked about that, how in college he, he went off the farm on a play and got burned, but it didn't burn him, and he didn't. And they came back with it three plays later, and he got burned again. He goes, I don't go off the farm anymore. This one when he was in college. Mm-hmm. And, and and I just don't see that sort of trust in the Wolves yet. I hope it comes around, and maybe maybe they like Tibbs more than it appears. Uh, but we'll see. They're 21 and 13. They're going into a really tough schedule. We'll kind of see what they're really like. And uh, is this is Herm with us the whole season with Royce till the Herm end of the Super Bowl? has not disappointed us. No, but is he going to even be like, is he here through the Super Bowl? Is that is what his contract says? We are going to roll the dice and find out. All right, well, Herm, Herm Edwards should be here next on 1500 ESPN. Talking purple right now on the ride with Royce. You play to win the game. Hello? It's former player and coach turned ESPN NFL analyst Herm Edwards. Herm, welcome back. Scott Korzanowski filling in for Royce. I hope you had a Merry Christmas and looking forward to a new year. I'm my best to you, Herm. Thank you, my friend. I hope you had the same. Um, this is interesting this last week in the National Football League, as they call it. You know, um, yeah, there's a lot of games that, you know, they, to me, one of the more yeah. interesting things is the Rams, who, you know, if they win, they would be no worse than the third seed, but they're going to rest their players. And I get there's not a huge difference between the third and the fourth seed because you get the bye. Right. But, you know, it could come into play, especially if the two home teams lose, could cost you a home game. What, what's your thought on, on resting when you're locked at least into the third or fourth seed? Yeah, you know, I, if, if I was going to rest, I, I'd never let the players know. I, you know, I didn't want to be focused on that. It was more of, hey, let's prepare. You know, we're going to prepare like we always prepare and kind of told the coaches, you know, hey, this is what we're going to do, you know, in the second quarter or something. We're going to get a couple guys out of here. But I never let the players know. Yeah. I, didn't, I just didn't want it public. Didn't want it. We're going to play the game, guys. We're playing to win this football game. And, you know, it looks like the Vikings, you know, they would need to have a lot of things. They'd have to have four, it can be incredibly, in, including a number of underdogs like the Bears and the Bucks win to not be the two seed. So, But the Vikings are obviously going to try to win that game. They're not going to leave it up to chance to get the two seed because obviously the difference between the two seed and the three seed is massive and any team's going to play hard right. for it. But but if you were going to if you were going to handicap, and, and I don't care that you're on a Minneapolis sports station, you tell me the truth. You know, I, I would say that if you're going to handicap the NFC right now, I, I would have to even take the Vikings over the Eagles, even though the Vikings, if, if the Vikings and Eagles both win their first playoff games, 
the Vikings would have to go to Philadelphia. What's your thought? I like the Vikings' defense. I really do. Um, I, I think that, that they're a cut above right now of uh, the teams that are in this playoffs competition. Uh, they've done it pretty consistent the whole season. Um, the quarterback is a guy that um, we've been waiting for the oops game. He had one. He had one of those oopses a couple weeks ago. Um, but with that being said, he's been pretty consistent. The Eagles quarterback, uh, we saw his oops last week. Yep. Okay. So, you know, and, and, and I think when you look at those two scenarios, you're wondering how will they handle the playoffs now? Because now it's real. You're going to face two quarterbacks that have already been in the playoffs and have been to Super Bowls. And that is obviously Breeze and Cam Newton. That's interesting. Uh, the Rams, young quarterback, good defense, great runner. We know the running game travels as well as good defense. So I'm handicapping it this way, and I would even handicap it even more if Minnesota was at home all the way through. But that being said, I, I still kind of uh, – yeah. I like Minnesota. I really do. But Drew Brees is interesting. Yes, he is. <laughs> you know what I mean? Oh, I know I what mean, you mean. I mean, it's just the quarterback, man. It's just it's always I worry about the quarterback, you know, in the playoffs because you got to go through some good quarterbacks. And we don't know who's going to be that last seed. Is it Atlanta? Is it the Lions? Is it Seattle? You know, we don't know. Um, we thought Seattle was out of it after the Rams jumped on them, but they found their way back in it. <laughs> All of a sudden. <laughs> well, and you you know, you mentioned because obviously Breeze, you know, has won a Super Bowl, but there's also yeah. Matt Ryan who's been to a Super Bowl, and then there's also Russell Wilson who's won a Super Bowl, yeah. and then Cam Newton who's been in a Super Bowl. So other than the top th- you know, right now the top three seeds who have three, you know, quarterbacks who haven't even played right. a playoff game, the next four teams all have had Super Bowl caliber quarterbacks. So it's kind of an interesting dynamic that the teams that are higher up the food chain right now. Uh, have the inexperienced quarterbacks, and those four other teams all have got quarterbacks that even if you're a Vikings fan, have to scare you. And you know, yeah, and you know what's really interesting is that the Minnesota quarterback, <laughs> the Eagle quarterback right now playing, they all played for the Rams at one time, right? Yep, yep. I mean, yep. that's just, it's just it's amazing how a chain of events take place. And if you would have said that someone would have, like, bet that, like in Vegas, I mean, you'd retire by now, right? I mean, you'd... <laughs> No one believes that could happen. And it is. I mean, Drew Brees uh, with a defense and a running game, and it, it is one of the great things uh, that I think has, has happened maybe with the money in the league or the way guys take care of themselves. I mean, you, first of all, go to basketball. LeBron James is 32 or 33. He's yeah. having his best season ever. At, at a, you yeah. know, For basketball, your, your, your prime years are like 27 to 31. He's on the back edge of his prime, and he's having his best season ever. Looks as as strong, as fast, as explosive as we've ever seen him. Tom Brady's having a great season, although he struggled a little bit the last couple of weeks. Drew Brees having a great season at, what, 38. Uh, you know, it, it, the, the athletes now, are, especially quarterbacks, can play a long time in this league. I mean, Aaron Rodgers could play for another six, seven years. I mean, there, there's no yeah. reason he can't if he stays healthy. No, yeah, you're right. And, and I think the rules have helped him as well. Yep. Um, you know, all those things become a factor. And it's great because you want these great quarterbacks to continue to play and the fact that when the quarterbacks play well, the games are fun to watch. I mean, when you watch, not this week, but when Pittsburgh played New England, I mean, how about that game? Yeah, how about it? I yeah. mean, you see two great quarterbacks just going by. I mean, the last two minutes, 250, 250 of the game, and you went, wow, this is why the NFL is so great. It really is. Now, let me ask you this. Uh, 
James Harrison is gets cut. He forced his way out of Pittsburgh, mm. is what your network is reporting. And now Bill Belichick signs him, and I had to get a. Ch- I, I mean, I, I I don't. I just get a chuckle out of Bill Belichick. They said, "Gee, are you going to get some information from him on the pits on the on the Steelers?" And he says, "What? We're not scheduled to play the Steelers. I don't know what you're talking about." I love I love how Belichick <laughs> Belichick's got to be chuckling when he says that. We is and as somebody who's a good coach, if you brought look. Bill Belichick has studied all the film on the Steelers. They played them sure. a lot over the last couple of years. They played him two weeks ago. Uh, James Harrison's a defensive player on the team. Can you still glean something? I mean, the reports are that James Harrison's ticked how the Steelers didn't play him. He worked his way out, that he might be motivated to say, hey, Bill, I'll give you all of our secrets. I mean, is there something that a player from inside could te- could tell Bill Belichick that he doesn't already know? Well, we, 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 we know the concepts of the coverage. That's not going to change. But here's the key is that when certain formations, what's the checks? Mm-hmm. In other words, if empty appears, what is your check? What are you going to? Yeah, that's, that can help a quarterback. <laughs> you know, yep. I mean, those type of things. As far as the defense and the players, you know, they know who they are. But, but it's the little things like that is that if we present this formation – what is your check? What is the counter to this? I mean, th- that's what he's asking him. Now, Pittsburgh understands that. So Pittsburgh's going to have to go with, okay, well, we've done that, so we might have to change this. So, I mean, that's the intrigue about this whole deal. I mean, it's, you know, I think a lot of people think Bill's going to take him in a dark room and, and shine the light in his eyes and say, okay, <laughs> here comes the interrogation <laughs> part, right? Yep. But he's looking for tips. You know, he's looking for things that when the offense presents him with something, what is your check? You know, uh, what type of games do you like to run when it's, you know, third and third and eight, you know, like in short yardage? I mean, what, you know, what, what was your thinking? And so that's what he's trying to get. And he need probably and any information Belichick gets got to scare you. I mean, no question about that. Now the the NFC is really wide open. I mean, it's not wide open because there's crappy teams. It's wide open because they're all good teams. You know, with yeah. different. I mean, really, those top seven teams. Maybe not the, the the Seahawks so much. You've had so many injuries, but the top six teams, even Atlanta, who's just struggled with turnovers this year. I mean, they did. You know. They were 15 minutes away from winning the Super Bowl last year. I mean, those are right. six really, really good teams. It, it really wouldn't surprise any of us if any team went on the other team's field and beat them. The NFC, the AFC is different. Everyone says it's the Steelers and the Patriots and nobody else. Is there anybody else that you think could, could crash that party in the AFC? I think those have been the two most consistent teams when you think about winning 12 games, which both these teams have done. When you get to that number 12, that that's pretty – pretty impressive um, when you think about the gauntlet these guys have gone through. You know, Jacksonville is one of those teams, and, you know, we, we anointed them. We, we anointed their defense, and then they showed up against San Francisco. Yep. And it's like, okay, well, wait a minute now. And I get it. You know, they clinched it, and sometimes when you clinch it, you exhale, and you go, okay, we're on the West Coast. You know, we clinched it. We're good. But to give up 44 points? Yeah. That's a lot of points. You know, it's just and, – and maybe it's good that it happened because that's a, that's a teaching moment, you know. Knowing Doug and Marone, you know, and, and Coach Coughlin as well because, he, you know, he, he's part of this. Um, this is a teaching moment for these guys. They, they, got, they got embarrassed, to be quite honest. Not, not, not that it's not the, the loss, but it's just really – you give up 44 points. Yeah. Like, that's a lot of points. I don't care that you know defense that's been this good this many times during the course of the season, 
And to do that to a team that, you know, San Francisco was trying to rebuild, Jimmy Garoppolo has been playing fantastic, obviously. That's a head-scratcher. And especially when you remember what they what Jacksonville did to Pittsburgh, you know, which is a great offense, yeah. Big Ben, and they picked him off five times and, and, and really just dominated Pittsburgh's great offense back when Antonio Brown was healthy. Uh, one question, because you're out in the Bay Area still, right? Uh, sure. The the Jimmy Garoppolo, is this, is this just a matter that this is how important the quarterback position is in the NFL where – the 49ers, you know, have been lousy, you know, for a couple of years, and now they get Jimmy Garoppolo, who, who, unlike a lot of guys that are backups and look good in some certain system, he comes in and he looks like the real deal. And if you have a really competent quarterback play, you can take what looks like an otherwise crappy team, and all of a sudden they look like a 10 or 11 win team? Yeah, this is the position quarterback, and this is why it's so unique. I mean, at any, at any level, high school, college, professional football. And when you have a guy that doesn't, you know, here's, you have some guys that, that obviously their presence, they make people better. We know the ones in the league that do this. We've seen them. You know, Captain America, Tom Brady's one of them. Yep. Okay, Drew Brees is one of them. We, we know the guys that there have been a multitude of offensive players they've played with, and they, they're still a top-five offense. We know who those guys are. Aaron Rodgers, we, we know all those guys. There's this next set of players that have played quarterback that give you, give you energy. Jimmy Garoppolo is one of those guys. There's another tier of guys that basically, and, and, we, and we say this all the time, they're managers of the game. But you know what? They all manage the game. It's just a matter of how much you let them manage and how much you manage. So they all manage the game in some sense. It's just how much you give them off, the, off of what I call the menu that they can do on their own. And then there's, this, there's a, the last group that they can lose games. They don't win games. They lose games. Those are the ones that you get nervous about mm-hmm. because they try to play outside of the framework of, of their skill level and they end up losing games. And that's the whole key in our league. A lot of those quarterbacks, you go into the game telling this, look, we're not asking you to win it, but you can't lose the game. Exactly. Bad decisions. Well, right? I mean, we see that every week, right? We do. We do. And, Herm, you know, I think we were, what, eight below last night, and uh, it's supposed to be really cold for like the next five or six days. So hopefully in a month, when you're, I'm assuming you're going to be up here for the Super Bowl. It won't be. Yeah. It'll be like 20. That's what we're hoping for. You, you don't have to suffer through what we're suffering through right now, no. where you know no. I take the dog out and and if the dog is out for more than a minute, I got to go bring him bring him in because he's going to die because he doesn't know he's cold. You know that's that's bad. It's bad. I, I, I get it. You know, and you know, I've always said this. I played against the real Vikings when they played yes. outside in the net, <laughs> and I, I was up there in December when we played when when we when both teams were standing on the same sideline and Bud Grant. Wouldn't allow any heaters. I know. I, I remember that game. So, <laughs> so we'll see. Well, I've done it. I've been there before. <laughs> well, Herm, enjoy the football, and I'm sure Patrick will talk to you next week. Thanks. Thank you. Now, all right. Thanks, Herm Edwards. Always there. Always on time. Always great. I will take a break. Yeah. How about Belichick? Asked about <laughs> James Harrison. Oh man. Uh, Oh, he asked Belichick, hey, is Harrison potentially going to provide any information on the Steelers? He says, I'm surprised he didn't play Cincinnati. He says, we're playing the Jets this week. I don't even know what any of that has to do with it. Maybe I'm missing something. I don't know. I mean, come on. The, the guy, he, he's trolling everybody all the time. He's he's classic. Isn't this a perfect Patriots move, though? Oh, it is. To sign this guy? Well, yeah, you know, and then remember who signed... Uh, didn't didn't somebody sign uh, AP right after he got cut? And they were no, who is it? Somebody signed. This happens all the time. Though. Oh, of course it does. Belichick does it all the time. 
And you see oh, guys. Did the Vikings sign somebody this year to get some insight on somebody? I thought they did. Maybe oh, not. was it the the running back Ridley, Stephen yeah, Ridley, before they were playing? Whoever whoever he was yeah. before. But and, the, and this this kind of stuff, you you'll see guys being signed off practice squads. You know, for for the the game leading up to a big matchup or what have you. But yeah, this stuff happens all the time. It does happen. I think it's hilarious though because it's perfect Belichick. Now watch, he played. I think what do they say? Harrison had played, I think, 40 snaps for the Steelers this year. Now watch, in their AFC Championship game, he's going to have two sacks, like a fumble. He'll he'll have an impact in that game. Do you think game. he'll actually play? I, do you think he'll he'll probably be cut before then? Uh, yeah, I don't know. It's just, it's because the it's the Patriots. And all that. Do they really need a linebacker now? Well, they did lose Dante Hightower for the season, who was the guy that had the big fumble on Matt Ryan in the Super Bowl. And they lost somebody else. That's, so he might get some run. But it, it, because it's the Patriots, it wouldn't shock me if this guy a- actually made an impact for them this, at some point this year. Yeah. It, you know, it is. I get the sense that in the NFC, because everyone is so quarterback-centric, that that right now I, I think there's no question that, that I think the national media would think that the Saints are probably the favorite, even though, you know, any computer model is not going to make them that because they have to play an extra game. You know, if you have to play an extra game, you know, you know that you you're adding a whole level of you know issues there that you could lose that game that the Vikings and and Eagles don't have to do or won't have to do if the Vikings get the you, number two seed. You know what though? I I mean I agree. I think the Saints are a very good team and they're one of the best teams in the NFC this year. But if you actually look at the way that they're beating teams, Drew Brees is not the main reason that that yeah, offense is clicking. It's it's the it's the combination of the running game with Ingram and Kamara. And Drew Brees' passing numbers are way down. And I'm not suggesting that he doesn't still have the ability to go out and throw a four, have a four-touchdown passing game. He is a Hall of Fame quarterback, but he is not the Drew Brees of 2009. Well, not volume, but I think when you look at like quarterback rating and yards per attempt and interception percent, I mean, in other words, they... He's not throwing the volume that he threw, so he's not going to have you know he just passed seventy thousand yards. You know we we know when they they, but I think when he's throwing, he's been pretty effective, and but, he just doesn't have to throw as much. But look at their you know their their group of receivers. They traded Cooks to New England, who was their best receiver yep. this last off season. They do still have the kid Michael Thomas, the kid from Ohio State, who's pretty good. Outside of that, they don't really have a threat in the passing game. And, and I'll tell you this that that the quarterbacks that scare me the most from a Vikings fan perspective are the quarterbacks who can hurt you with their legs. Because to me, you know, we saw they, they lost to the Panthers essentially because they gave up two plays. Mm-hmm. They gave up two big runs and in in including with the game tied, the huge one to cam, which cam can do to you. And by the way, we were talking, I was talking today with some of the, my guys at work. I mean, what, what the, Panthers have done this year, and it's smart because it's all, all you can have Cam run. He's going to get killed. They finally said, we're sick of stinking. Be Cam. Go run. They call running plays for him all the time. Mm-hmm. He runs all the time. It's like, you know what? If you're going to make Cam just be a pocket passer, he's not that good of a player. He's not one of the elite passers in the league. He's good. He's okay. When you get him into space, but that's when, when he's dangerous. But when you add yes. his ability to run, which is, you know, he's not only big, he's he's big, he's strong, he's fast, he's got moves. We saw him, you know, completely juke out Andrew, Andrew Sandejo. Uh, you know, he's a devastating runner. I mean, he... He's got the skills running that really very, I've seen very few quarterbacks have that combination of size and speed, and and they're smart to do that. And you know, at the end of the day, he might have a shorter career because of it. But if you're trying to win now, that's the best thing to do. You know, and the one team that at least would scare me if they find a way to make it is Seattle because Russell Wilson is that good where he, he can he can beat you one on one. He he does have that in him. And when Seattle 
wants to play. Look at the game against Dallas. They said, you know what, we lose, we're done. If they show up, they still have enough pieces to 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 find a way to win a game when they're not supposed but I'll, to. I'll, I'll say this, you know, two years ago when the now granted it was six below, okay, and if they play uh, the uh, Seahawks this year, it'll be playing them in U.S. Bank Stadium and it'll be seventy degrees. But but the Vikings, they they let him get away from him once in that game. Now that was enough to win mm-hmm. because Blair Walsh missed the kick. But they only scored what was it ten nine when we were kicking the field when the Vikings so they give seven they give up ten points and the one touchdown remember was when Wilson went back he broke and he, the pocket, he, he yep. did he did the Fran Tarkin and scramble he's running around he hoists the ball downfield and the guy caught it so they they did contain him for all but one play uh, but that guy does scare me because oh yeah because one and and Zimmer's been very good at handling quarterbacks that run because they they rush the quarterback differently when it's when it's a mobile quarterback. When it's a not mobile quarterback like like Dalton, they just come at you. And Goff is mobile, and Matt Ryan's kind of mobile, and Cam is mobile, and you know you know that's why I mean I kind of like the matchup with the Eagles because Nick Foles isn't that mobile, and and when you're not mobile back there, you know even Brett Hudley you know got away from them a few times because you can only do so much. I mean Brett Hudley's very mobile. Uh, and actually, I thought Brett Hudley played a pretty good game, except for his receivers dropped every pass that he threw. Whenever he threw a good pass, they dropped it. And the thing with the Vikings defense is, when they make you one dimensional, you're screwed. You know, you 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 can't you can't play against a defense of that caliber when they make you one dimensional. So of of the quarterbacks they could face, you're right. The, the the most the most mobile of them is is Russell Wilson. He's probably the most mobile guy in the league. Uh, you know, the, Cam is is not necessarily mobile in the pocket, but he's a danger to run. Uh, Jared Goff is pretty mobile. Uh, Matt Ryan can move around a little bit. You know, to me, the only time that I get worried about the Vikings defense is when the quarterback breaks contain. Mm-hmm. You know, if the quarterback doesn't break contain, they might complete a pass here or there, but they ain't going to get much done. But when they break contain, then all bets are off. And the the worst kind of team that the Vikings, if they had to face, is a team that has nothing to lose, which Seattle would be if they are in that position, I, which I, means they would make the play. I don't think yeah. they will, but if they make the playoff, then win a game on the road as a wild card, they got nothing to lose. Well, they're playing the Cardinals, okay, at home, I think, the Seahawks, and if they win, and if the Falcons are playing the Panthers, Carolina, and the Panthers have something to play for, they're mm-hmm. trying to get into that in, in you know a home playoff game, so... Uh, you know, I would. I think the Panthers are really good. I mean, they're no fluke. I mean, at yeah. all, at all. Not a, they beat the they beat the Patriots and they beat the Vikings. Uh, we'll take a break and we'll give you some New Year's resolutions coming up next. You know, I personally am not a New Year's resolution guy. Uh, really? No. It's like if I want to do something, just do it. Why okay. do I? Why okay. do I need January one? I mean, it's not that big. Fair of enough. But, okay. But you don't have like an outlook for the entire year. Like I'd like to get this done. No, at some point. No, okay, I do right. not do that. All I right. uh, I I just I have a more shorter. Like I need to get this done at some point. Got uh, it. But but sports New Year's resolutions. I've got some for our teams. Okay. Uh, let's start with the links, and my New Year's resolution for them is forget that it's the new year. Stay that it's this year is an odd number year and it's because they win the championship every odd number year. Oh sure. And they don't win it every and even they fall number short year. short in the even years. You know, they've they've they win, then they they you know they they, they they won their first one and then they lost in in the finals, then they won their next one, then they lost in the Western Conference finals, then they won and then they lost in what they've won four now? They've won four mm-hmm. in, in mm-hmm. all the odd years. So they've won them in 17, 15, 13, and 11, but not in 12, 14, 16 
So 18 is trouble, trouble for them. So it's a simple one. So it's time to buck the trend. Just well, it's, it's just consider it that it's still 2017. Got it. You know, that, that's by New Year's resolution for them. Don't don't recognize that it's an even number year. And then the Lynx can get their back-to-back titles. Uh, for the Twins, I think this is actually kind of a serious one. Is to me the New Year's, to me, everything is going swimmingly for this team, with the with one exception. Miguel Sano. Because he, you know, we see Buxton now finally breaking through offensively, and he's become a an absolute, uh, almost institution defensively. You know, Rosario really became more of a mature player last year. Max Kepler's maybe a year or two behind, but he's a really good defensive player and is a little inconsistent. But, you know, you see those guys all really mm-hmm. developing. This young core, yes. And Sano, just, you know, we saw it at the start of last year. He made the All-Star game, and then he was struggling, and then he got injured. And that's not his fault he got injured. But but you want, and his defense was really okay, respectable. You know, you they need him to become a superstar. And it could be there. But, you know, what does he need to do to become a – does he need to, you know, watch his weight? Does he need to – again, falling a foot off your ankle or your your shin and having a serious injury, that's just a fluke. So he didn't get hurt because he was out of shape. It had nothing to do with it, we've all found out. But you would just like to see him become a professional. You know, that's what you'd like to see. Because he, he should be – he, he and Buxton could both be two of the top ten players in baseball if they do that. They they could. Uh, my my suspicion though is that number one with Miguel Sano, one if if he does have put together a couple of really good seasons, he ain't signing here long term to begin with because some other team, whether it's whoever in New York and whatever, they're gonna give him so much money, and I think he's the kind of player that you cannot invest in long term because. He's 23 now and doesn't really look like he takes that good good a care of himself. And I'll, and I'll say this. I'll agree with you. That's a tough call. This is a very smart front office. They're not paying him anything yet. Well, they're I mean, still they're still giving him the the league minimum. But once he gets into arbitration, I think it would be the the, the smart move would be to 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 spin him and get assets for him right now while other teams still value his uh, uh future. I I I would disagree with you on that front because he has. Incredible talent. I yeah, no question. And, you know, no they're question. they're gonna do some sort of a bridge deal, maybe, which they do now where you got a year or two left, you give up, you know, you give up your first two years of being a free agent, we'll pay you more the next two years. Do you know who his representation is? Scott Boris? No. Who? Jay Z, Rock Nation. Well, that, that they doesn't ain't doing mean that. they won't ever agree to a bridge no, deal. Ooh, not this guy. Well, not, with a guy that's had an injury problem? Look at well, here here his his good buddy is Robinson Cano. All right. And the New York Yankees decided not to invest into long term into Robinson Cano. Yeah. It's it's apples and oranges. I get that. But he's the kind of guy you've got to really be careful with with once he gets all of that money, then what's gonna happen no, to his work I agree. ethic. I agree. I'm I mean, not I'm not debating he's a talent. There's no question no, but about that. So that's I agree. Uh and the wild I already talked about earlier. My my New Year's resolution for them is just get in. And then we all have seen Devin Dubnik. When it's he's like most goaltenders, you know he we've seen him go on four or five month stretches where he's incredible. Then he struggles. Uh, this year he's been kind of average, but get into the playoffs and let's hope that we can we can catch Devin Dubnik on one of those hot streaks. Sure, like he had last year when they went on that twelve game winning streak. Like he had the one year when they made the ridiculous run to get in the playoffs at the end of the year, and then he got to the playoffs and he wasn't any good because he he's been outplayed by the opponent opposing goaltender almost every year in the playoffs that he's been on this team and it's not that he's been horrible it's just the other guys have been better mm-hmm. they need to get in the playoffs and then have Devin Dubnik become because we've seen when he's hot and he's done it for 3 4 months he at a time carry this he team. can be the best yes. goalie in the league yes. and, and they just need him hot they need to get in which is no sure bet and then have him be hot and it doesn't matter if they're the 8th seed for the Vikings it's simple 
Win the damn Super Bowl. <laughs> it's time for crying out loud. You're sick of waiting. It's time. They win the Super Bowl. The Cubs won. The Red Sox won. It's time. This is the era of, of breaking the jinx. Win nothing. Anything short of that will be a disappointment. You it's think simple so. as that. Even yes. getting there. It's been a great season. I love it. it. Yes. I, getting there and lo- I'd rather have them lose before getting there. I cannot put up with them losing a fifth Super Bowl. But see, there's so cannot. many of us, you know, me and Manny included, we've never even seen them in well, a Super Bowl. I don't care. Bowl. I sat through four of them. <laughs> all right. And I'm not sitting through a fifth You know one. what? I, I gotta I gotta lean with Corzo on this too. I, I they if you're gonna get to the Super Bowl, win it. And, and and you're playing it in your home because yes. if anything, it's more it's almost more of an embarrassing of a Super Bowl loss if you get there. You're the first team to have their opportunity to play it in your home stadium and you lose. And they'd be the first team to be on five. And look, in all practicality, obviously losing the Super Bowl is a more successful season than losing in the conference championship, right? Sure. You made it an extra step. You finished second instead of tied for third. But it's just too devastating. It, it just is too devastating. A loss in the championship game or in the first round is bad, it but losing be. in the Super Bowl would be the worst. It would be so vicious. Especially though, to the it? Patriots. <laughs> Especially like last year. I could see that oh, happening. How about an Adam Thielen overturned game-winning touchdown call that benefited the Patriots yeah. in the yeah. Super Bowl? Uh, that wasn't a catch. Yeah, that, it could happen. Uh, and then finally for the Wolves, God, I hate to even say this, but it's – they, so, I'm going to put it, I was going to say get a new coach, but that's absurd. They, they, someone needs to get to Tibbs. Someone needs to find his soul. Okay. You know, basketball Tibbs at some level, I'm guessing, although I haven't seen a lot of it. Get, let, let this team have some soul. Let this team flow a little bit. Let, you know the guy that Let it that go is. a little bit. What? You know who the guy that is. Sam Mitchell. No, it's, it's, it's Jimmy Butler. Yes. Oh. Yeah. It's Jimmy Butler. Yep, it is Jimmy Butler, and you. We've seen Jimmy this year. Early in the year, he was kind of deferring, and I think I, I think Jimmy Butler looks at Wiggins and goes, "My God, I'm not going to pass the ball to him anymore." And sure. he just he's taken over. So, so that's what I hope because we, we're Tibbs is in the what the third year of his deal, and he's got forty million dollars, and he's twenty one and thirteen. He, yeah, he ain't going anywhere. So just have some soul, and maybe Jimmy can do it. We'll come back and wrap up. Oh, boys, it was fun. We started with Colin Jost. Oh, yeah. By the way, I still had Scarlett Johansson, the Google search on my screen, and probably the first time I didn't go right to images, I actually looked at the story. Instead yeah, of, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Colin Jost wants to marry Scarlett Johansson. We'll get in line, I'm sure, but uh, she, might be a hard, she might be hard to handle. I mean, you know. I'd be willing to take the risk. Yeah. I think I'd be willing to take the risk. Well, that'd be good for dating her, but, but marrying her would be another matter. <laughs> uh, but, you know, but he, she'd, he'd have to sign the... the uh, the prenup. prenup. Yeah. I'm sure, he does, I'm sure he does okay at Saturday Night, but he ain't making the kind of money Scarlett Johansson. No, in fact, they looked up her net worth $106 million. Yeah, and I'm surprised it's not higher than that. Yeah. Really? I was just getting ready to say, that's it? But oh. you know what? <laughs> it is in Hollywood. Women don't get these big, you know, guaranteed deals that a lot of, like The Rock. If the Rock's gonna make, uh, if the Rock's gonna make a movie, he gets like twenty million. Sure, mm-hmm. you know he does. But with people like her too, I'm sure she's got her own clothing line or line of fragrances or whatever. That's probably where she makes a majority of her money. Yeah, yeah, she's thirty three. So uh, I also saw in here where the, the, uh, Ben Gessling, a regular on the station, mm-hmm. uh, gave some of the Vikings player bonuses. How about this one? Uh, the guy that I'm really rooting for, uh, not that you know, but he's done fine. Is uh, so I can find it. I had it here. Adam Thielen. He can earn a $1 million salary escalator for 2018 by catching five passes on Sunday, bringing a season total to 90. 
Thielen has already secured a $750,000 salary escalator for next year by reaching 80 catches. So I guess he signed a two-year deal, and then his salary next year would go up by 1.75 if he gets to 90 catches. I like those things because those are... Those are, you know, I mean, he's had performance a, based. Yeah, yes, and, absolutely. And Case Keenum is going to get up to probably two point two five million this year, and I didn't realize that. All but nine hundred fifty thousand of that was based on uh, performance bonuses. So he was only guaranteed to get nine hundred fifty thousand if wow. he didn't play, and he's going to get up to two point two five million. But we know that's just the icing on the cake. Oh, he's gonna, because at the end of this year, he's going to get fifteen million a year. I mean, what did Mike Glenn? I was get? just going to say he's going to make Glennon more than got fifteen Glennon. a year. Yeah. yeah, well, Case Keenum's way better than Mike Glennon. Yeah, he's done way more than Mike close. Glennon ever did. I mean, and it, Glennon got a three-year deal. I guarantee Case is going to get at least four. Yeah, so that'll be an interesting. Like I said, for the Vikings, uh, I don't see both Teddy and Case being here next year. I just don't. I mean, they're going to have to choose because you're going to have to give one of them fourteen to fifteen. You can't give them both fourteen no, to fifteen. No, and neither one of them is going to stay for less than that. Well, it's been fun, guys. Uh, enjoy Thanks, the rest Carson. of the week. Uh, happy New Year and All Merry right. Christmas to everybody. Uh, I'll talk to you Sunday uh, on Sunday Morning Sports Talk.